Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. It is a rainy day in Los Angeles, and we are all gathered, all five of us, Tosca, Bella, Shady, Tony, and Phoenix. And today we are going to have a really chill conversational episode where we talk with you and we talk amongst ourselves about one specific question that has been on my mind a lot recently, and that is, why are we so resistant to pleasure? I'm really looking forward to unpacking this with you guys because I think it's something that everyone deals with. Uh, So, hey everyone. I'm excited. I'm Bella here. I'm going to be using this as my personal therapy session. By the end of this episode, I'm going to have a breakthrough. So everyone feel ready for that. (laughs) Sounds so nice. Here for it. This is Tony here. And I'm going to start this off with my answer, which is fear. Mm. And Bella and I have had a separate conversation about fear and how it manifests in people and their sexuality. And I think that there's a fear about how much power there is on the other side of tapping into that pleasure. Mm. And that's something that I, I definitely get as feedback from the men that I work with energetically when we get to the place where they're starting to open up in their sacral and even really connecting with their root. Like even that is in a very Mm. delicious place on the body, you know? And so they always say, I'm afraid that I've got all of this stuff and I don't know what's going to happen if I unleash it. And I was Mm. like, Nothing nearly as bad as if you repress it. Mm. <laughs> That's the so first it's fear thing. and double down with a lack of control. Is that kind of what you think? Or experiencing? a fear of being out of control. Mm. Mm-hmm. What I really Ooh. think about pleasure is that there's so much vulnerability in it, which ties into the fear. And I think that there has to be some fuck it all kind of attitude when we get to that actual place of pleasure where it's like, okay, this feels uncomfortable because I'm losing some control in how wonderful or ecstatic I'm feeling in this pleasure, but maybe just leaning into it is the practice. Oh no, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But then there's the fear of what happens when I lean into it, right? Then we get into a place where we're not being present even anymore. Mm. We're stuck in our heads. Maybe I'm really just talking about me and my partners because <laughs> we really like to talk about no, what's No, I get on. being stuck in the head thing for sure. Yeah. Did I ever tell you guys? So I actually couldn't orgasm um, for years. Like I lost my virginity, did sexual acts and wasn't able to climax with myself or with a partner at first. And I'll be honest, I didn't always, I wasn't always honest. Uh, (laughs) um, And I learned that I hated faking it and that I never wanted any, anything to think that it was going away, that it wasn't. And that that was 
if anything, just making the problem worse. And so as I was exploring with many different parts, I kept saying, thinking like, oh, it's maybe I just need a different partner. Maybe like trying to, you know, I would go you know, men and women and just kind of seeing like what was going on and ex experimenting with myself a bunch. And uh, I kept ignoring the root, which was guilt and shame. Mm. And um, as a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, I had to really dig deep and deal with a lot of um, inner stuff in order to be able to allow myself permission to enjoy it. Mm. And between that and between just honestly the physical part, like I honestly just had to masturbate a ton to figure out my body. <laughs> I was like, okay, I like this, but I like this at the same time, but mm. it has to be from this angle. Like I kind of had to like just learn and we all have to like learn our bodies. Oh, yeah. But I spent all this time just like not being you know, like it's just not being like in my body fully. And it's not that I didn't enjoy those experiences or have good sexual experiences before I, you know, I think that you can have good sex without necessarily having a climax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but of course, you know, a lot of us too, I just don't want to look at it like that's the sole goal. Like I'm there to be connecting and be in the moment and enjoy the pleasure. But if you have like a, the guilt or shame or B, which is, you know, fear a oh, yeah. category of fear Definitely. um or b you have the lack of you know your own, your own body literacy like you're being comfortable with your own um body you're probably gonna need to um spend some time with yourself on that one um because mm -hmm. i mean to each their own but i really think that i was looking in the wrong places at first for the solution. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, <laughs> it, just, it just, like, I age 19, I just remember going, like, nuts. Like, 19 through 21, I was just, like, really, you know, I, and I started performing in adult films around, maybe I was 20 or 20. So I, right around then, I was starting to get more confident in, in being able to, um, to do that. But at first, I was like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? And it's actually really common, especially women in their early 20s. So if this is you, um, regardless of your gender, uh, if this is you, um, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, and, you know, don't don't lose hope and don't feel like that's the only purpose to, to pleasure because there's, there's so much more. And um, if you spend some time with yourself in meditation and in masturbation, um, I'm pretty sure you will find the light. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so nice. And it's so important that we can like find that for ourselves. I see so many people, they want this like orgasm in shining armor, right? Like someone's going to come in and be like, this is how you come. Did you coin that? Have you coined that? Orgasm in shining armor? Yeah. I think that is kind of what I was expecting though. Like right? who was going to like Fish show it. me? Yeah. And you know what? Guess who sh showed me? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you know, and it, I remember like the first guy that made me squirt and all that kind of stuff. But like I was the person that really like showed me what I wanted. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then through sex and through communication, I showed my partners yes. what I wanted. I think something else that's like important to keep in mind, um, two things. The path is nonlinear. So, mm. I mean, the older I get, the more I experience changes in my sexual identity. Like, oh, the thing that I thought, you know, would turn me on forever has stopped you know, bringing me pleasure. And so it's a constant navigation of like, I'm here now, I'm not who I was. And so I'm always going to be in this process of learning and loving myself. And also like, 
when I'm brought up this question, yes, sexual pleasure is like kind of the focus, especially with our podcast being the sex magic podcast, but more so I've also been thinking about why we don't experience pleasure in all forms. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically for me, I've been having a really challenging time allowing myself to play. Mm. Uh, Kind of just like when you're a kid and you have a hobby and you like Mm -hmm. spend hours Mm -hmm. drawing like crazy. Like when you're a kid, when you go to the restaurant, like all you want to do is play with the crayons. That's like the thing. And there's Mm -hmm. so much like simple joy and pleasure in that. And for me, I have such a hard time because I think around like seven or eight, I got into a very goal oriented mindset. And, um, you know, I also did ballet pretty intensely and there's so much discipline in that. And, uh, you know, my mom always told me that like, oh, like, you know, if you work really hard, there's going to be a great reward. And so I think there's a balance in, you know, finding the hard work and also finding the pleasure in the moment and allowing yourself to be a child and to play and whatever that means for you. Mm-hmm. Just like Tosca, you're a Gemini. You play. You play. <laughs> Part but of I'll... her play one of her plays. <laughs> the other one is the other one is concerned. Well she also got that Virgo. <laughs> she's got that Virgo moon. So yeah. I see moon. You know, Tosca, I feel really really connected to what you just said. Um you know, talking about astrology, I'm so much earth. And like, other than the fact that my son and ascending are Taurus, I've also got a lot of Capricorn placement and joy is something that I jokingly tell people I don't like, I don't experience. I'm like, I don't laugh at things. Things Mm. aren't like, yeah, you're making a face at me because it seems like I'm always making, I'm making fun of things, but I'm not having as much fun as Mm. I want to have. And I've been doing like angel cards and I'm down to touch anybody's cards. You got cards, you show me the cards, I'll touch your cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time I touch anybody's cards, it's like, bitch, go daydream. Mm. Like, go, and I think about that, and I think about when I used to just lay down and look at the clouds, and they all changed shape but told a story. And I think about when I used to be doing, you know, I was watching TV, but I would just draw the characters, mm. or I would come up with my own scenarios, and mm. I would play pretend, but like, why am I not doing that, right? Mm, Yeah. And so I feel like the reason for me has been sometimes what I bring can be a little out there and Mm. people around me can make me feel like, oh, that's not really what we're trying to do. And I had so many fucks and I gave so many fucks. And <laughs> now as I'm getting older, because, you know. You have getting, less to give. I just, I ran <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> I'm just done. Like, it's gotten to a very like, oh, you don't like that about me. That says a lot about you. Type right. Of place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. And so I think that my wanting to be nice and, and accepted got in the way of wanting to be authentically mm. me, which I think everybody, when they get to their authentic self, is is definitely that little boy or girl or or beyond, right? Whatever transcends, um, that really just wants to hang upside down for hours on the monkey bars. <laughs> oh, I or, love the remember when bars. you used to do somersaults underwater and you just kept going and you would yes. see who oh could God. do? I don't even go underwater now. Now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'll get a schwitz later. <laughs> <laughs> More tea parties underwater. <laughs> yes. oh my gosh. But you definitely have to connect with that inner child. And she said, like, I 
I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but you guys are like all like have these thoughts spinning in my mind about like, oh, I have this crate that's got, it's like my, oh, when you have the time as if um, craft box and, you know, my 35 millimeter camera when I'm like doing things like that. And, you know, the colored pencils that you can add water to, you know, the watercolor ones, like I love doing them um, and paints and things like that. I want to learn how to cross stitch. I never did that. It's like, but how many years have I said that? You know, <laughs> and that might not be like a child thing, but it's like just like a thing that mm -hmm. I don't allow myself to. But I like to constantly like teach myself something new, whether it's a hobby or something, a book. But I think we really have to like carve that out if we want to add that like playtime to kind of break up the, you know, because we're always in such a go, go, go society. Uh, and I'm guilty of that. Uh, as well so I have to really make myself stop you have to make yourself find that stillness yeah I think for me the crux of this question like why are we what is it why are we uncomfortable with why pleasure are we resistant why are we to resistant to it uh, I think we live in a society that is very very like mental and head driven and mm -hmm. we glorify things that are either 100% in the head or 100% in the body we're like oh great athlete good job athleting don't share any of your thoughts. I just want to see you doing athleting. Mm. And then we're the same with, you know, any mental pursuit. And the piece in my mind that gets lost in that is the hot health and the sexual health. And both of those things love pleasure. And that's such a big part of my work and my personal life is just like we're talking about all forms of pleasure. I really enjoy being a joyful person that like delights in, in really simple things. And spending time with children and animals is very mm -hmm. helpful for me in that because I see they're like, whoa, look at this flower right here. It looks amazing. And you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, that flower does look amazing. And like, I'm sorry that I was being so direction oriented that I was trying to make this walk go more quickly because I have this concept of time. Mm -hmm. But when we release the grip on productivity and we bring a little more pleasure into our lives... Not only are we usually happier and healthier, but we usually tend to find a little bit more time to do the mm -hmm. work and maybe do the work, you know, from a place where we feel a bit more grounded and happy and mm -hmm. our cup is a little bit more full instead of just being burnt out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to nourish all the parts of yourself. Yeah. It's funny. I had a um, AMA on my Instagram yesterday on just like a ask me anything about BDSM or whatever. And someone asked me a question about like, it was really interesting. I was like, hmm, I'm not sure where this came from, but like about solo time with my Pana. I think All maybe right. the assumption that like, because I wear a collar 24 seven, I'm in a dynamic 24 seven. They were like, what do you, how does your Pana cope with you having solo time? And I was like, it's mm -hmm. a weird question. But um, I said there, and you know, you have to create it. It's not something that just happens. Like you don't just, especially in your, if you're in a partnership or you have a really intense work commitment, you know, we all have to create this time for pleasure. It's not something that happens organically mm. and it can bring us so much more happiness and fulfillment when we are doing that productive work, I think. Mm -hmm. Very much agreed. Yeah. And in terms of being like, just like productive and effective with like career, like my one friend who I love, he's like a great, great spirit. But I was talking to him the other day and he was saying how, you know, he really just likes feeling independent. So a lot of the times he tries to see like how little food he can like, you know, get by with, like how little money he can get by with and all this stuff. And I was like, well, that seems very reductionist, like to yourself, you know, and just being like, this is all that I need to like survive. But I'm like, you're not really getting to like explore like what you want. And I'm um, going back to everything about playing. I feel like a lot of people just don't really know how to 
play and explore sexually mm-hmm. like you know and just like a little child could weigh like there's no right or wrong way to do anything you're just organically going with how you feel so mm-hmm. yeah so it's mm-hmm. also it ties back into what you said of like um how our society is so goal-oriented yeah and how how we uh, interact with our partners and with ourselves with sex is so goal oriented a lot of the time where it's like, Oh, I just need to orgasm and have that release. And it's like, well, where's the play in that? Or if you don't orgasm, like you failed, sex was Mm -hmm. unsuccessful. That's what I was getting at earlier is that's kind of that defeated feeling I used to have because it's like the people, there are a lot of people out there who are, I, always call it porn educated um whereas Mm. they they think that you know things in in adult films coming from experience they're done for the camera positions are different some things yes they feel good but they're like you know they're they're like open your leg more open this more hold your butt cheek open more so they can like (laughs) see the insertion so please understand when you're watching like you do not have to try to mimic things exactly as is and i think um the other thing and especially a lot of males cake from this is they're like oh well um when the guy comes, it's over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also I'm like, I'm so happy to be seeing more and please stop calling it porn for women. Just better oh. porn <laughs> made, made where it doesn't necessarily end that way or end with the guy's orgasm. Mm-hmm. So mm, that's it, it doesn't have to have this like start and finish line, like quick, quick, get there. <laughs> you yeah. come and then I come and then, okay. And then we do this. And I had an ex that like always wanted to like have the same pattern and sex every time. And where yeah. was the play in that? If right. I knew what your next move was going to be mm. and like, okay. And now I fuck you doggy. And that's the thing mm. that makes me come. All right, we're good. <laughs> and, then, like, <laughs> and then I would just be like, all right, good night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be Sweet. a good meal, but like if you eat the same meal every single day, yes. it might mm. lose some of its Yeah, You need uh, to like mix it up. Go to soup yeah. plantation. Yeah. Go to the buffet. <laughs> It's just so interesting how many things in our world have been made kind of dick centric. Mm. Sex is not dick centric. Sex Mm. is not orgasm centric. Look at advertising too. Oh my God, don't even (laughs) the art of advertising. Pleasure centric too, I think is good. Like if we're focused on like how good can I feel in every single moment, like in regular life and in sex, then orgasms or getting promotions. Cause it's like, like, I don't know, like a promotion in my mind was like the orgasm of professional life. I don't know. Okay. You I know, that. but yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see where you're going. That's what I get the metaphor. I'm right. With I'm with you. Those things are like, you know, delights for sure, but not the goal. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the same aspect of like, and any other thing that you're working towards, it's got, you have to enjoy every step of it. Mm-hmm. And from my yoga practice, from all of the pain that I bring to that, Sometimes I'll do a pose and if I don't feel anything, I get really confused because mm. I'm usually feeling pain or something. And I had an instructor who I love very deeply. And she was like, all right, you sensory seeker. And I was like, oh, mm. excuse me. Am I doing this wrong? I thought that that she's like, listen, all feedback is feedback. Anything your body is telling you is telling you something. Mm. So if you're not hearing anything right now, why can't that just be what it is? Mm. Right. So. My primary partner, when he's he's taught me the most about how sex is definitely about us. 
and not like when he comes it's over or even that he has to come for it to end like it's it's just very it's very loose and free and mm. it's cool because I make a lot of jokes I'm really goofy mm. I quote movies I I do a lot of really silly things in the middle of sex because I think that that's funny um and joy in that way helps me. So mm -hmm. then even the idea of pleasure, like other people might not get the same mm. pleasure out of being roasted while they're, <laughs> while they're giving, it, giving it to me. Oh but if you're into Don Rickles, give me a call, right? Because I will tell you about yourself. And it's it, that's another mm. thing is when we get into the, the definitions and then the words. I love words. Mm. I love to dissect words and what they mean to different people because that's really the root of communication, right? Because mm -hmm. you can tell someone, Phoenix, how you like it. Mm -hmm. And their the way that they see it from their side of the lens might be porn educated only and they're mm -hmm. not hearing you and seeing you. They're hearing you and seeing something else. Yeah. So you Especially have to guys that and I mean, if you could guess, most of them did look so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe lots of my guy friends, too. Don't act like you didn't. I already know. <laughs> so good. Can, I just wanted to say this on orgasms before I forget. If you're someone that fakes your orgasms, I fucking feel you. Because mm. I've been there. Has everybody here been there? Absolutely. No. Yes. Absolutely fucking not. If you never faked no, no. If you are not making me come, never sir. Never. Never. Not, once. That's not unless I was Even if you are, you might be getting roasted. Like, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I faked an orgasm the other day to show my husband how bad Meg Ryan's orgasm was in that scene. Fight me. And that I only do it in a performative way. I've never you can ask one of my one of my former boyfriends. We're still very good friends, so I'm not gonna give you too much more information than that. But I was very specific and I was like, listen, I understand you have sensations. I'm not asking you to hold back or edge or anything. But if I am still in like a place of rise, still I rise, homie, help me out. And so I kind of taught him that if if things abruptly end in one arena, he could use other parts of him to please mm. anyone. And so his girlfriend after me was like, thank you so much for teaching him that. Thank you so much. Because it's totally great if you're like so excited that you come really hard, but then you can absolutely go down on me. Don't joke. Don't make jokes. <laughs> you just reminded me of something. This guy that had like, he came pretty quickly and he was like visibly embarrassed. And I just remember like, instead of saying anything else, I was just like, now finger me. <laughs> just like right looked him in the eye. And I think I grabbed my Hitachi and was like, just oh my gosh. get to work. I left articles up on his computer about prolonging sex and you're so funny well you know what information is here's wonderful. some data <laughs> you know me data but i will going back i will say i have faked orgasms mm -hmm. i've had all kinds of orgasms i've had orgasms where i've cried i've had laughing orgasms mm -hmm. but i think it is all about being authentic and also if you don't feel like having an orgasm and you are currently in the midst of sex you can say i don't want to have an orgasm and it's over so yeah right mm -hmm. not being so goal oriented mm -hmm. oh, and then yeah. too i feel like a lot of times like with porn when guys and like women are educated on it and they just see like okay like they just start getting into it right away they don't really show like 
porn foreplay or at mm. least not like the extended amount of foreplay that mm. I like. So yeah. like that's very like explorative in a way, but people don't like see that, you know, just kind of like shifting energetic like dynamic when you're like slowly, slowly getting into it. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like, all right, it's starting. Mm, you're probably watching go. a lot of Gonzo. <laughs> Uh, I actually haven't watched it's anything the most, like, in quite a while. To it genre. Um, uh, no, but I totally. Have it's true. It's true that in life, like sometimes you might take like forty-five minutes of just making out, and then like some groping, and or like it. There's right. no d defined period. Whereas on a set, they'll be like, okay, so we need this many. You know, sometimes you're given more like creative reign, but you might be told, I need X amount of positions, and I need this is how long the scene is going to be. And they do cut some, but you're kind of given an outline <laughs> where right. it's in, that's not real life. Mm. So yeah, they're like, okay, well we've been doing this for 10 minutes. So now I got to, you know, right. they're on a schedule. Mm. So like, you don't want to fuck on a schedule. It's not very playful. Mm -mm. I also want to um, bring up something that I've experienced with like my own sexual journey. Um, for me, sometimes orgasms are so pleasurable that they become painful. Um, mm -hmm. And there's this like kind of uh, visualization meditation that I have to do in order to like release into it. Uh, so, I mean, if you're one of those people where it's like, you're like, oh my God, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Really think about, is this the most pleasure that I can experience? Or do I think I can go more? Can I go deeper into it? And it's just an awareness of your body and yourself and your needs. And I think that there's always room to dive deeper. And I encourage you to try that if you're like me, where you have some, some strange mental limit or physical. That's exactly where I was at before mm -hmm. that that like I uh, uh like you'd get to the plateau and you, mm -hmm. I couldn't I'd call it the pushover like I couldn't do the pushover and I finally learned to like breathe through that so I'm mm -hmm. so glad you said that because I couldn't quite find the words to describe mm -hmm. like what that yeah. process was like and it literally was like this like I had to agree with myself to breathe into it and sometimes yeah. I will even you know turn to a partner and say you know what, I'm like, I'm good. Like, or, you know, maybe I'm just there to please them at yeah. that moment. And breath that's work, fine too. Breath work is really, really helpful in that, mm -hmm. you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and just going back to the orgasms, I just wanted to say that uh, for anyone that does fake them, you know, we, except for the orgasm queen, Tony, no, no, have no. all I mean, been there. We can talk about that, but I'm not saying, I just am, I'm such an asshole. I would never. No, it's awesome. I would never. I love everybody so much that I won't lie to them. No, and it's, it's made it's, a lot of relationships really challenging for me. No, it's really wonderful. And it's important that we're honest with our partners. And one of the things that really stuck with me over the years was I had a mentor who said, if you're faking your orgasms, you're just reinforcing bad behavior. And I was like, holy fuck balls. Mm -hmm. Cause you're not making me come. And I'm being like a plus buddy, good effort. Yeah. And you're trying to sometimes I've noticed the clients will sometimes express that they're trying to reinforce a good behavior when a partner gets something that's like close to making them come. But there's so many awesome ways you can reinforce that behavior and that you can say like, that feels so good when you do that. Or you could even, if you wanted to say like, that's bringing me close to orgasm, things along those lines mm -hmm. that aren't faking it. And then like we're saying, like, it's okay to not be orgasm oriented too so you can even say like this is bringing me so much pleasure and I don't want to focus on if I'm gonna have an orgasm or not mm -hmm. if it happens it happens but please stop faking them you're just reinforcing bad behavior yeah. also something to think about if you're 
faking your orgasms, where else are you mm. not being authentic in your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think it's like we try to make other people feel like comfortable or just like we're trying to be courteous mm-hmm. in yeah, some way. Thing. It's like, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's to get that. us out of really awkward situations. That's true. Yeah. But why are we so polite? Because yeah, it's don't feel safe. obligated to that yeah. unless you need to do it out of safety or something, then I would understand. Yeah. Women are so, in particular, so prone to like being polite and nice. And it gets you into a lot of trouble. This is a depressing tangent, and so I'll make it short. But I've been watching that Ted Bundy uh, I've been series. watching that too. It's so good, right? And one of the things, I, my partner and I were in the kitchen making food afterwards, and I said, you know what really annoys me about Ted? And he just scream laughed. He was like, were you on a first name basis with Ted now? <laughs> But what really annoys me about Ted is how much I was like, it's not bad enough that you're murdering women. It's very irritating to me. They're also like preying on their kindness. Like there were so many times that he'd be like, oh, I have a cost. Can you help me with this? And women are like, yeah, I, w- I want to help and be nice. And this is a dramatic and depressing example. But I'm just saying like, it's totally fine to not be nice. Like I want to mm-hmm. give any women listening permission to not fucking be nice all the time like you don't owe anybody that Mm -hmm. i went on a tinder date last night and he asked if i could give him a ride home and i was like no (laughs) get a lift (laughs) there's a thing called uber and lyft so you know thank you for saying no well it was our first date it was raining we (laughs) said we'd meet in the middle and like no yeah but that also seems kind of alter your motive (laughs) that's the other thing about being nice i just don't trust want to come in for a cup of tea oh my shirt's so wet i gotta change (laughs) it have you ever walked in and found somebody naked in your apartment when you were yeah okay wait like a stranger like someone that you're like friends (laughs) with okay i was no like you'll be like yeah absolutely i'm hanging out i'm watching tv uh they show up you go to the bathroom they come and then they straight up do the naked man um, it was a through line on a TV show for sure, but this happened to me before it oh, happened. Yeah. How I Met Your Mother, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Naked Man. But oh, someone yeah. did that to me. That's did, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. He was a cancer. Was, well, <laughs> was it effective? No, okay. I kicked him out. <laughs> I can't. And I took his sandwich. What the oh, fuck? Sand- what Taurus? kind of sandwich? I don't know, some black sub. I didn't even eat it. Yeah. It was just for power. <laughs> I had the power so hard. I almost ate my mic. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my goodness! You know that takes was some it a real foot long? and it's horrible. But like, it's so horrifying. But who has the self confidence for that? He d- I told you he's a cancer. I don't think it counts as his particularly oh, self confident. Really? Every no. every cancer guy I know is no. always like, by the way, no. here's my dick. I'm like, well, they usually really? approach from the side. They take like a cautious yeah, yeah, approach. Yeah, not yeah. A, Are you not saying they like naked all position? of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Jeez. So <laughs> I'm thinking about we've, orgasms though. We've gone to a strange place. <laughs> I like it here. But I wanted to <laughs> But I do you know what I want to talk about with the orgasms? Because you guys were talking about like going over the the mm. hill. The threshold, yes. The threshold. I love that. Yes. <laughs> right. So here we go. I have found because of my back, which we've talked about a couple of times, but my back is kind of twisty. Years of ballet, years of not ballet, years of back to dance. Oh, whoops everything's out of place type of stuff. So um, nothing specifically happened. 
That's a question people ask me all the time. But I've found in my life that I've had to sort of pull back in everything, right? So like, even if I can stretch all the way, if I go to my like 40%, something might unlock that I, I missed on mm. along the way. And so I'm in a place where now I'm seeing how elements of pleasure or things that I didn't necessarily see pleasure in before mm. are coming to play. Like I went to a sex toy store and was like, pick anything. And of course my partner picked like a big feather. And so now it's like, I'm going to tickle you with this feather. And it sounds really silly if you're yeah, like, right. See, okay. So Phoenix yeah, is Feathers can be it. fucked up too. So <laughs> yeah. You can do like tickle torture or yeah, you could do like gentle torture. sensory. Stuff. Right. But if you take the time to explore with any aspect of senses, whether it's like, I don't feel anything, or I feel just like a light touch, or I feel like I maybe can't handle any more of this, wherever you are in that, and really take the time to scan your entire body, mm. like your whole body. If someone kisses me the right way, right above my right eyebrow, I will absolutely start convulsing. That's one of my favorite things, finding the spots on people. Mm. And you're just like, oh, it's, it's you are in for some trouble. Or like oh, yeah. when, when you find out what your version of dirty talk is, right? Like we all hear dirty talk and importance and, and frat parties. And you're just like, I hate everything that you're saying. No, I don't want to talk about how big it is. No. But when people start to like say things that you're like, oh, that made my nipple a little hard. Tell me a little bit more about that pesto you made. <laughs> you, I think it's really good to explore those things. And once again, yes, I am speaking directly from experience. Mm, um, but... <laughs> You use pepitas, huh? <laughs> Are they sprouted? Oh but God. but you know your version of your version of everything is perfect, and taking your time to find it is the fun. Mm. And then when you get to the place where you're like, oh shit, I found it. You're in the labyrinth, babe. You gotta go a different <laughs> direction. You find something new. Just get lost in there for a bit. <laughs> yeah, just hang yeah. out. Mm. So when I first uh, started dating my primary partner, he described himself as a hedonist. And I want to talk about hedonism. And I want us maybe all to share kind of with our listeners ways in which we can find pleasure uh, in all of the different ways. Uh, but a hedonist is uh, actually ties back to a goddess, a hedon who was the daughter of Cupid and Psyche. Mm. And she is the deity of pleasure. And uh, hedonism is prioritizing pleasure as like your, your goal in life, like seeking pleasure in everything. And so, you know, going back to pesto or coloring books or watercolor or, you know, working hard, where do we find pleasure and how can we call that in more 
I think for me, Bella here, I think for me, the most important part of finding pleasure and integrating pleasure in my life is mindfulness. Mm. And I, I practice that with like a dedicated meditation practice, but you can also find it in every single part of your day. Sometimes I'll be washing the dishes and I'll check through my body and say, is there any pleasure here? Be like, mm, kind of the soap on my hands feels sort of good. Or you mm. might be driving and maybe the vibrations of the car, kind of a little <laughs> rumbly through your body. But it's rare that in a moment you can't scan through and find some pleasure. Mm. But I think it's important to be bringing like your full presence to everything you're doing. Like when you're doing the dishes, be there doing the dishes. Don't be thinking about something else. Also, I think for women, we get really locked on to what brings us pleasure. Sorry, all people get locked on to what brings us pleasure. But what I was going to say is that women in particular are very cyclical beings even though all humans are, but women in particular are. And what brought you pleasure during your menstrual phase might be super different in your luteal phase. So also having a inquisitive curiosity about like your body and your pleasure, like, mm -hmm. ooh, does this still do it for me today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember Bella when we were talking before, this is shady speaking, mm -hmm. um, about how I was like, I really don't like feeling cold. Like right after I get out of a shower, I was like, I hate that feeling. I immediately like am wrapping myself in like a towel and trying to dry off. And you were like, actually, I love being cold. Mm -hmm. You know, just experiencing that sensation of like going from hot to like, cold yeah. I never do that so I was like okay maybe I'll take a second I actually did what? yesterday took a shower I got out <laughs> I did not grab the towel immediately and I was like yep cold, cold. <laughs> but it was a new sensation yeah. and maybe I will find pleasure in it more as I start to just drip dry longer and longer pleasure is a practice you can also try cold water at the end of the shower yeah. Yeah. Um, that's also a good way to like wake up your muscles and everything. I like going mm -hmm. hot and then cold. Like when I'm rinsing conditioner out of my hair and like finishing up just a little cold and take a deep breath right as you're changing it, mm -hmm. exhale and just and continue your breath work and turn it off. Give yourself a second to drip dry and then. Wim Hof it. Yep. That's <laughs> exactly where I was going with that. But that's like a mini, yeah, a mini Hof. That's a mini Hof. That's just like a mini Hof <laughs> to jumpstart your day for busy people. <laughs> I definitely did that this morning and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But growing up, my mom was like, we only have three minutes for your shower and this is the temperature it is. Get it done. So I understand the aspects of life that you're like, okay, maybe I won't find joy in this moment. But tacking on to what Bella was saying, it's really about perspective, right? And so... I've found when I'm in a really like everything sucks place, I definitely have to take a couple breaths and be like, all right, that's not possible because if there's anything that sucks, that means there must be something that's really fabulous just because of the nature of the world and balance mm -hmm. and all of that. So let me, let me take a deep breath. So like if I get mad and I'm like, oh my God, there are all these dishes here. Da -da 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 -da. And I get mad because my partner's not great at doing dishes and I don't have a dishwasher and there's, you can really go down the line. And then I'll be like, oh, I like this view. I like the window. I like that this plant that I have on my windowsill is mm -hmm. so much bigger than the last time I did dishes. And then I get to a place where I'm like, you know what? This is nice. I get to like do something that's clean. And that, then I get to a tactile place. I'm a very tactile person. So if I like the touch of something, I'll really allow that touch to be it. Like if I really like when plates are so clean that they're squeaky. 
Mm. So I'll make it. <laughs> these are the little things that bring me joy. Uh, I'll just like decide like, oh, I'm going to squeak this. Oh, it's so clean. <laughs> yeah. I love those examples that aren't limited to physical pleasure. We've talked a lot about physical pleasure, but even just those moments of just just joy that you're experiencing and endure like sure there might be a physical chemical thing going on inside of your body but it doesn't have to be from something tangible it can be a, a thought that you're, you're like oh I'm like like right now I can see the lovely sunlight coming in and mm -hmm. the plants outside and like there's pleasure in you can find pleasure in each moment and that goes back to what Bella was saying about mindfulness and just being in the present uh, going back to what Tony said, uh, feeling the anger of the the not having a dishwasher and cleaning dishes, I have been really enjoying the pleasure of rage recently. Mm. Rage I is had, fun. I had to, I had to go to the DMV three times in one week, no. and I still have to go back because no. one of my karmic uh, experiences in this life is. Uh, my car troubles. But anyways, I was so mad when I got back from the DMV and I knew I had to go back again. I went outside in the backyard and I grabbed a big stick and I just went for it in the garden. I was just like hitting this thing everywhere and it was felt so good. And there was so much pleasure in really experiencing rage in a very safe way that does not harm anyone of course mm -hmm. except for the stick but but like <laughs> if you've ever if you've ever screamed in your car by yourself I think yeah, that Phoenix has said that. this yeah. before and it's just like really allowing yourself mm -hmm. to experience every emotion and I think that you have to do that in order to not suppress them mm-hmm and there's pleasure in that. Otherwise, you're taking a carbonated bottle and you're just shaking it all day yeah. until you feel like you're going to explode. And then that's when you know, like I remember having one day um, where I just had like, a. I mean, this isn't limited to one time, but you ever just get to that point of being overwhelmed. And then I'm someone who has anxiety and fluctuating stress levels at times. But I get to that peaking point where I might just cry for about 30 to 60 seconds and then go, okay. <laughs> I do carry on too. with my day like yeah. you just have to it's release so you're choosing to enact the rage for the sake of release and I am so very glad that I have bags and um women should really get into martial arts because there's a spiritual connection there as well to your strength and to your female mm -hmm. divine warrior self so uh if you feel like you need something mm -hmm. regardless like martial arts is such a can be such a great place to to put that or you know just find a stick right <laughs> yes find a stick I am practicing both stuff and have been connecting with my body more in that way because like mm -hmm. I just started exercising I guess like at the end of uh it was like last April and like I realized like all of the parts of my body are like disjointed like you know like my legs and my hips to, like you know be able to do some of the movements you really have to be like present and like connect with the instrument too in order to like use it the right way but yeah that also helps me channel the rage for sure I'm just like flailing around on my rooftop with like a giant stick don't really don't really know what I'm doing but it feels good if so. you don't follow Shady's uh Instagram you, you definitely, definitely need to. to because she's like just got back from the club like throw in the bow staff it's great <laughs> shit's lit up on the ceiling yeah um yeah I love that Tosca I love I love that you were like, I'm enjoying the rage. One of the things I've felt for a really long time is this like deep sense of otherness and like just feeling lonely no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> 
some of the things that people will say to me, I think they're compliments. I'm pretty sure they're compliments, but people will be like, I love you even though you terrify me. Mm. And I'm like, oh, so that's why I see you once every year. Oh, that's a great compliment. It is, <laughs> right? Okay, so I'm getting into the place where I'm really truly accepting my power and trying to find pleasure even in how divisive my energy can be mm. and I think that that's part of tapping into one's authentic self because when you're really you you're definitely gonna have haters like it's it's an inevitability wasn't that the the law of duality or the balance mm. there's the the light and the dark and there's going to be people that love you and people that hate you and there has to be that balance in the universe exactly yeah. but finding joy and even the physical mm. or the um emotional sensations that maybe otherwise would have fed into my loneliness or mm. fed into my feeling of other so now I'm like oh wow that's super rad that I make you nervous mm. <laughs> this is cool you're enjoying the you're feeling of being intimidating you're twitching all of a sudden that turns me on I'm into it <laughs> It's funny how people say, it's such a big pet peeve of mine, when people say, I love you, but, I'm like, can't you say and? Mm -hmm. Like, I've actively started doing that. Like, so you say, love you I love you, you and sometimes you intimidate me. She might have said and. They never do. And. I think <laughs> I think she did. And if she's listening, I, I think she did. Because <laughs> she's a really, per like, the way she said it was the first time someone said something like that. And I didn't feel mm. like, oh, wow, they don't really mm. like me. Which still isn't the case, necessarily. It's just, mm. I'm a lot. So we're almost uh, about to close the episode. But I want us to maybe give our listeners a little like tip on how to work through the resistance so that we can experience pleasure. So if we have any advice. I think for me, my main, the main thing that holds me back from experiencing pleasure is feeling undeservedness. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to speak to anyone that feels that, which is just that we live in a society that teaches little kids that they have to earn being loved and being respected and, that's not true. Our birthright is pleasure and happiness and joy and love and respect. And you don't have to do or be anything specific to earn that. So if you're feeling those feelings like I do of undeservedness, just try to, it sounds so simple, but just try to breathe into it and remind yourself that you are a unique and wonderful human being that mm -hmm. is deserving of pleasure and happiness. I'm going to have to agree with Bella's because it just ties back to what we were saying before, it's just about not feeling guilt and shame and giving yourself permission. Yeah. Give yourself permission to feel pleasure in your life, even if that is a, a mantra you need to create or saying it out loud. Just allow yourself to to have that. And also, I'm just going to say it again, meditation and masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> And then even letting yourself, you know, experience those quote unquote like negative emotions in a healthy way, just like letting the emotions flow through you. So like if you're feeling rage, you know, go outside and throw a stick around, <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes those negative emotions or feelings can be blockages to our own pleasure. So it's good to kind of like, you know, let those pass through you and take the time to feel them mm -hmm. and then release them. Shady, get out of my head. Yeah, you can't so stay fuzzy. What I was even thinking about was dismantling the constructs of good and bad mm. and really just having the faith that 
what you're feeling is guiding you towards your joy and to follow that because there are so many things that I previously was not open to because I was like, oh, that's like a thing for X type of person or that's an X type of thing and I'm Y type of person. And the only person who can block you from your pleasure is you. Mm. And that's, that's a, that's a powerful burden. Mm. And if we find joy in being the, the guide and the judge and the jury and also like, the enjoyer of our pleasure center then I was like the executioner but <laughs> <laughs> yes as long as you're executing things properly we can execute but I don't think mm. I want anyone to think about executioners <laughs> to the guillotine mm. no. um but yeah just understanding that there's no right or wrong or good or bad mm, right. it's just whatever it is for you mm. and to ex- give yourself that faith that you know what you're doing you yeah. know what you're doing you know what you like I think for me, I'm in agreement with like everything that you guys have said as always, but I think the resistance is part of the learning process and we have to embrace it and lean into it. And like, I kind of envision it as like a door and there's something beyond that door. And it's like up to us to have the courage and the strength to, to figure out what the door is and to open it and walk through it and on the other side is where our pleasure is and any anything that we don't know requires learning and there has to be uncomfortability in learning mm-hmm. so that's what I think yep yeah damn <laughs> walk through the door the other side I know hmm. that's cool because like you draw the door and there are so many doors. Oh, it's like that that Beetle kid's juice. book with the crayon, Harold oh, yeah, and the Purple Harold Crayon. I just always <laughs> think of uh, Beetlejuice when they die mm. and they have the chalk. But yeah, mm. Harold and the Purple Crayon would make more applicable sense. I need to watch Beetlejuice. It's <laughs> like really we, prime time, we Winona. Now? <laughs> Everybody grab your crayons. <laughs> grab your crayons, don't be afraid, and have lots of fun. Mm. Yeah. Jump on someone else's bed. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Sex Magic Podcast. You can find us at sexmagicpodcast.com, on Instagram at sexmagicpodcast, or send us an email or recorded audio clip if you'd like us to answer your question live at sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.